Check out last week's episode featuring D. Rook. Very dope episode about health, holistic alternatives. But today, going to take a different turn. Have a lot of interesting topics we're going to touch on. Have a very special, interesting guest. So as usual, make sure you stay tuned, stay hip, stay connected. And we back, like I said, a very special guest today. Got my boy in the OG, Hotep Jesus, Ali Shakur, many names. What's going on, Ali? What's up, man? How are you? Good, man. Good. Happy, happy you on the show. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you taking out the time to do this. Definitely. So, Hotep Jesus, cult leader of Hotep Nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I guess. <laughs> so, for a lot of people who may not, you know, may only know you on Twitter, you know what I'm saying, see you on you know, Twitter through Hotep and everything like that, I guess tell a little world just a little quick bio about yourself a little bit. Professionally, I'm a digital marketer, traditional marketer. Uh, that's, you know, my profession. Um, I study psychology, philosophy, and spirituality. Um, and uh, one of the uh, faithful leaders of Hotep Nation. Hey. All right, dope, dope. So, obviously, like you said, marketing and stuff, you know, like social media and everything. It's a very, uh, you're very, you know, visual on there and everything, uh, very vocal. And obviously, you have some success and everything. Um, so I guess for me, like when I first, you know, ever met you first, like saw anything about you, was like on like on on YouTube. You had a YouTube channel and stuff a couple years ago, and uh, I was watching your videos and everything. You know, my, you know, but like Black history, you know, African history, spirituality, you know, nutrition and stuff. I was like, okay, cool, cool. Started learning a little bit more and everything. Um, but then I saw you know older stuff as well. Like you know, what I mean, uh, you working with like you know, used to rap and everything like that, and the whole used work uh, work with Fifty Cent and stuff. And I was like, so I guess like you know. You know, a lot of people want to know, like, you know, transparency and stuff. Oh, what is Hotep Nation? I don't know, like, we're regular people who've, you know, worked, you know, various industries and stuff. Like, we know what we're talking about. So, I guess for you, um, for marketing and, you know, I guess for blogging and stuff, uh, where did you, I guess, you know, find your, your path into that? How did you, you know, get into that? Yeah, I've been marketing since the days when we used to uh, hack AOL you know, with uh, fake credit cards to get online <laughs> back in the day. Uh, you either got online through Prodigy, Netscape, 
and it was AOL was like super popular. So AOL was like the MySpace Facebook back in the day. He used to go in the chat rooms and fool around. And I was dating this girl at the time. Her brother was a computer programmer with Java, and he used to create like these little hack programs. So I used to help market them online. Uh, I used to market for a DJ, make his business cards, flyers, logos. He used to do all that stuff. Uh, then we started moving into the Black Planet phase. And in the Black Planet phase, I was just basically, I had like, uh, my page was too hot for BP. And I just used to feature like all the hot chicks on Black, on Black Planet. And I used to put, I didn't know it then, but I was creating like banner ads to my friend's site. So in between a few featured girls, it would link you back to my, my friend's pages and uh, gained a lot of notoriety through that. And then eventually I moved into photography and we uh, assembled a nice little team on MySpace. And then, um, but the whole time, you know, I was pretty much, I think probably from like year 2000 on, I was in the music industry um, managing an artist. And um, after a while, I kind of got frustrated with that and actually became an artist myself and um, had a lot of success. Uh, so basically what happened was, um, you know, you, you reach out to these blogs to get featured and the blogs are like, oh, you got to be a major label, you need a publicist and all this other, you know, rope you got to walk through to get the placement. So I said, you know what, screw that. I'll feature myself in my own blog. So I put together a team. We had, you know, seven people on our team. And it's kind of funny because they say, like, hoteps are homophobic. But um, my entire team was made of gay men. <laughs> like, like I was the only straight person on my team. And uh, so, I mean, that blog was, you know, at its peak, was probably doing, like, a million hits a month. And uh, I saw something come across my feed about a 50-cent energy drink. So uh, I covered it on the blog and blogged about it, you know, because I appreciate 50 Cent and everything's done for culture. And um, I ended up getting invited to the launch for the energy drink. Um, and then I showed up. It was like this bus launch. And I uh, showed up and it was kind of like low energy on the bus. It was like this double-decker bus. And it was like super low energy. Everybody's all quiet and we're moving. So I just jumped out. I was like, yo, I'm on a bus with 50 Cent. And then like just got it popping. And um, 50's team really like in enjoyed my energy. 50 enjoyed my energy. So I was invited to uh, work with an incubator company for his energy drink. And they uh, were impressed. You know, within two weeks, I was uh, promoted to regional marketing director. And so I handled all of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, PA uh, marketing for that company for about two years. And uh, ever since then, I kind of just stayed in that lane of being a, a professional marketer. And uh, that's kind of like where I am now. Mm, so definitely it's kind of like kind of see how, you know, just your experiences and stuff like that kind of took you from one step to the next. You kind of build on it, capitalized on it. You know what I'm saying? You made the most uh -huh. of it. Um and grind it. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of things. A lot of people just they want everything to come to them. They don't want they don't put the work in. But you gotta grind to get like be successful. Like nothing was ever handed to anyone who didn't get to that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I was I was dead broke when I was running my blog and I, everybody around me was like, Oh, you gotta go get a job and that blog isn't gonna do anything. That's what everybody was telling me and I was just like ignoring everybody. Like I just knew if I put my heart and soul into this blog, it would work and eventually it did pan out. Right. So so especially, you know, with growth and everything like that and just again like having the patience. Um so, you know, a lot of it can do with just, you know, like maybe just trusting the process. Um, 
and, and, and building something bigger. And, you know, what it comes down to sometimes you think what, you know, people call faith or just really a belief aspect, right? More of a manifestation. And that can kind of go into, like, the whole law of attraction and everything and just, you know, with the mind and stuff like that. And like you said, I know you uh, study psychology, so I guess, you know, you kind of enlighten the world of, like, the importance of really manifesting something and uh, of speaking stuff to existence and that kind of aspect to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, you know, I did a, a periscope last night on this, but, you know, the law of attraction is really about the vibration that you hold, the vibration, the, the emotion and the feeling. So a lot of times people say speak into an existence, but you can speak into an existence, but if you don't feel it, it'll never come about. So, you know, when I teach law of attraction, I tell people, hey, you know, project yourself to the place you want to be, immerse yourself in that, visualize where you want to be, and, and most importantly, feel the emotions you feel in that place, and um, let, let the universe handle the rest. Right, and, and that's a big aspect, and I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, just like you said, with the vibrations and actually feeling it, and it's like the energy we put output, you know what I mean, like you put out positive energy, you're going to get back positive energy from the universe. Vice versa, you put out negative energy, you're a lot of times going to get back negative energy. So, especially, you know, nowadays, you know, see, everybody's always triggered over everything. Everybody, you know, every time Trump sneezes, people have a heart attack and something to say about it. It's just like, it's constant, just low vibrational energy and stuff that we're always, like, outputting. And then we wonder why, oh, man, well, why is my life not getting better? I'm oppressed. It's like, well, well, you're just constantly putting negative energy out. That's what you're going to get back. So, it's kind of breaking free from that and just kind of like... I think when you start getting come, you know, notch yourself and everything, and understanding like the, the bigger aspect of everything else, like stuff is easier to put in perspective. Um, so I guess question for you is like, um, you know, everyone I guess you know, quote unquote, comes woke or you know, coming to or notch yourself at different points in time, um, different circumstances and everything. So I guess for you, um, we always, um, you know, had some type of you know, guess, you know, notch yourself or something you kind of grew into over time, or how did it come about? Yeah, I mean, I always had like this super consciousness. You know, I was—I grew up an only child, so I was always in my head. You know, I was always alone, so I always was always in my head. So I was just analyzing anything and everything. Um, but I mean, you know, there's several moments in my life where you know my consciousness comes and it goes, comes and it goes. Like I'll be conscious and then you know I'll fall. And then I'll rise again and fall and then rise again. So, you know, there's different moments in my life where I really had um, come into consciousness. I think the, the, the real big one for me was like right before the whole 50 cent thing. That's when I really got into the law of attraction and really started practicing my meditation on a consistent basis. And, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much where, where it really happened. I think that was like maybe 2011, 2012, right around the time where I started growing my locks. And um, I don't know, it was weird because back then, you know, I was like what you would call an activist. But today, activist means something completely different. You know, back then, activist meant, you know, we were calling out Monsanto and their GMO practices. We were calling out pollution. We were calling out the Federal Reserve, you know, all these different things. And nowadays, it's like... Activists don't even talk about any of that stuff, right? Like, it, like right. you, you even bring that stuff 
to them and they'll probably lambast you or ostracize you or completely ignore you. So it's kind of weird, you know, the place that we're in now as far as activism is concerned. Right. If I can say something to that, I remember actually seeing an old video of you of you were talking about like with Nike and stuff and using you know, all the child labor and everything to make the shoes. You just had a rap video. You were like burning like Nikes and Jays and stuff. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. And it's like, again, that was like real life. Again, that was activism them, like really sending a message for, yo, all right, we don't care for this. Like, so you say it's changed so much now in terms of actual it's not it's not any protest against the corporations or anything like that now or against the real controlling forces. Right. Yeah, like you said, like I was a rapper and I burnt all my Nikes and Jordans because I found about I found out about their practice, you know, their slave labor and a lot of those people are black women, black children that are making these Nike shoes and those people getting paid less than two dollars a day. So when I found that stuff, I was like, you know, I wanna do like a live pro- protest demonstration and I burnt all my Nikes and I haven't worn Nike ever since. You know? But nowadays you say something like that and you know, like black people have this uh this uh faithfulness towards the the corporation of Nike, but Nike doesn't do anything for black people. But if I tell black people stop wearing Nike, they don't look at me crazy. You know, I've been called crazy for that and mm-hmm. and, and attacked for you know being against Nike Corporation. So I don't even talk about that stuff anymore because that's just not an angle you're gonna be able to get through people's consciousness. And it's ironic that especially you know the whole age of you know Black Life Matters and everything like that, and people are again a lot of black people will defend Nike. But Nike was like had a partnership with like the like National Fraternal Police Officer Organization. So like order police. So like they were supporting police, and it's like you know enemy. You know what I'm saying? Quote unquote is like even supported by Nike. So it's just kind of the whole the irony or the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, even at the same time when I was protesting against Nike, you know, and the whole Mike Brown situation came about. I sounded crazy because I think people were talking about solutions. Well, actually, they weren't talking about solutions. I was bringing up solutions. And I said, you know, we should boycott the NBA and NFL because they get rich off of us. And, of course, I was attacked for that. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward, <laughs> and then and now it's take a knee, and everybody's mm-hmm. just, like, looking at the NFL. And I'm like, y'all, I told y'all this five years ago, and now y'all are on board. But this is crazy, man. And that's another case of hotel's been told you. Go all day about that one. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's crazy. It's just like, I guess, you know, as, as we know, like, with being open-minded and just kind of like the, you know, the group think, especially in the black community, you know, it's, we got to think all one way, we ought to feel one way. If you have any opposing viewer opinion that contrasts that, then I'm at your Uncle Tom, your Coon, like, all X, Y, and Z. Like, it's just, it's so crazy how we don't even realize how as much as we cl- complain about, quote-unquote, white supremacy and everything like that, it's like we, we support it, like, every single day. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I never, I never got that. You know, on one hand, everybody says, you know, the white man is evil, white supremacy, and I'm like, well, you know, the NBA is owned by white people. Right. The brackets, you know, the NFL is owned by the white people, and Nike and all these corporations. But when I bring that up, that's bad. You know, you're telling me to shut up. But at the same time, it's like, well, you're giving your money and attention to white supremacy. So it's like either white supremacy is evil or you like it. Right. <laughs> you can't have both. Right. And it's funny when you said it. I remember, especially when you wrote that article, uh, especially, you know, you talk about, in, you know, boycotting NFL, NBA and everything. And, you know, people like you had all backlash. And I think a little bit after, even after that. Just the incident with uh, the Clippers a couple years ago with their owner, Don Sterling. Um, you know, he was caught on tape, you know, pretty much saying, you know, don't bring black people to my games. Just like, you know, just there's a lot of derogatory racist things. And it was like, 
yo, only like it's it wasn't like Donald Sterling's the only person that felt like that. Like he was owner for like thirty plus years in the NBA. Like people know Donald Sterling. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like like yo, clearly like this they don't, they don't care. Like yo. What they don't understand is that Donald Sterling was part of a committee. You know, the NBA is a committee. You know, they might have separate teams, but really all the owners are on the same team. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all one corporation, and everybody's right. just a member on the board. So D- Donald Sterling's just a guy who was uh, exposed, but he's not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> right, and, and that's what people feel to see the, the bigger picture of that. Just like, you know, you see um, – I mean, you just like you saw uh, your earlier season in the NFL, um, you know, when, when Donald Trump had, you know, said uh, some comments about, about the anthem protest and all oh, those sons of bitches better be on the field. He was talking about the whole people in general. It wasn't just black people who were protesting, but everyone in general, right? But then, of course, all the owners and stuff, they want to take a whole PR front. Oh, we don't stand for that, blah, blah, even though all the owners donated millions of dollars to Trump's campaign. <laughs> like, but right. it was like, they, it was just some hypocrisy down. Oh, no, no, we're not for that. It's like, bro, come on. <laughs> like, like, we don't touch on y'all. Like, come on. Like, yeah, yeah, that whole situation was funny to me at that point because I had gone so long with telling people about the NFL and the NBA. When Donald Trump called them sons of bitches, I was just like, I was, I was, it was funny to me because I'm like, this is what I told you guys people felt about y'all, and now y'all mad. It's like, like, how didn't you not know this? You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was I was team Trump on that one. I'm like, yeah, call them sons of bitches because <laughs> they should have been listened. <laughs> right. And, and that's one thing. It's like people just, it's like, all right, like, I think at times people want to live in like a utopia society where everything is fair and everything is right. Mm-hmm. And it's like on a surface level, everything should be equal and right for everybody regardless of your race, your ethnicity, X, Y, and Z. But that's, that's not reality. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like people got to come to, content with it it's just like anytime you know you see the story like let's say it's like anytime a white person some shit like that like um you know they get they have a gun or something like that and please don't shoot them right take them into custody or something like that right and the code everybody automatically goes oh if they were black such 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 right and that's always the case and it's almost a point where like so yo okay we get it on some social economical levels right black and white people don't have an even playing field in terms of perception and how the optics are Alright, like it's just kind of how it is at times. So it's like, how often are y'all just going to be so shocked and appalled, like as if it's something new? I'm not saying we got to be content with it, but the way we put give so much energy into it, as if like, what do y'all, what do y'all want to be done? Because the people you're asking to fix it are the same people that's causing the problem. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how... You see, the thing is, when, when white people perceive or a white cop perceives a black man, he's definitely going to perceive him differently from a white man. And it's, it's partly our fault as black people, because if you look at the programming that we um, consume, you know, from rap to love and hip hop, it's all violent. Right. Yeah. So if, if we're on TV and, you know, today's Monday. Right. So love and hip hop is going to trend. Um, and this is just going to be, you know, more violence, black people being violent, being, you know, just, just violent, period, you know, whether it's verbally or physically. And then you wonder why white people view us that way, but our number one TV show 
shows that image. So you can't really blame somebody for being scared when this is how we act in the media and and this is what we support. Like this is there's a lot of I'm not gonna say there's a lot, but there is some positive black programming that could be on TV that we don't support. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you know, hoteps do a lot of good in the community, right? But They'll never highlight the good we do. They'll wait till something bad happens and then attack that bad mm-hmm. and say, oh, this is the hotel. So you see all these articles about hotels, but they just won't talk about how hotels were the foundation of previous civil rights movements, you know, civil rights movements in the 80s and the 90s. When you talk about the conscious hip hop. That was all quote unquote hotep in the nineties. Right. You know what I mean? Queen Latifah was rocking hotep gear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or even like to that point, just even like in terms of quote your woke black people, a lot of people who they we, we highlight these activists from like a Marcus Garvey to like a Malcolm X to like a Doctor Huey Newton, like you know what I'm saying? All these people, it's like, well, these are those are hoteps in, yes. in today's life. Y'all would call them hotep, <laughs> like yeah. and like. These are people that y'all like. You know I mean, that y'all you know just celebrating everything. So it's like, yeah, the the, 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 the hoteps. If you look at 1913 with Noble Drew Ali mm. and uh, and uh, Gar- and Garvey, right? Right. So, and then you have your Sheik Diop and your Dr. Clark, Francis Cress Wilson. So the the black consciousness or the knowledge itself came from a base of quote unquote hoteps. Mm-hmm. So everything that black people have now that they take pride in, every piece of history that they know about themselves came from hoteps. But what I found crazy was when Dr. Francis Cress Wilson oh, died, Peter this, is a, this is a black woman now. So, so it's, it's different because they, they talk about affirming the lives of black women heavily now. But because of her views on homosexuality, and how she broke that down. When she died, there was no memorial. They killed her on the internet. They attacked her. Um, the, you know, popular journalists, black journalists, took that time to speak against her on the day of her death. I thought that was just absolutely shameful. ridiculous. Shameful. Like. Uh, if you look at uh, Corinne Gaines, Corinne Gaines, when she when she got killed by the cops, what mm-hmm. happened? Everybody's on her side. Then some videos popped up that showed that she had some hotep views. Everybody turned against her. Same with us. Look at Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland. Yep. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yeah. Sandra Bland. Everybody was on Sandra Bland's whatever, right? They were supporting Sandra Bland. The minute they showed old videos of her were hotep views. Everybody switched up, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, wow! Like y'all are just plain old hypocrites. It's not about the black lives; it's about your political agenda and ideology taking precedent over everything else. And that political ideology has nothing to do with black lives. It has to do with affirming LGBTQ. Mm. Yeah, that's almost true to it. And it's like that's just like an observational fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like a hating point. It's not like, oh, whole folk. Nah, like, that's just like a reality to it. That's, that's the reason y'all are triggered. Like, because that's a specific point. <laughs> like, and, and then they pulled that out of thin air because they talk about homophobia in a black community. And I've never seen homophobia in a black community. Um, if you look at hip hop, Jay-Z has come out and said his mother was gay. Uh, 50 Cent on his first album talked about, um, no, I'm sorry, on the song with Game. He talks about how he grew up watching his mother kiss another girl. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yep. This is on a Hater Hater Love It. Hater Love It. Thank you. This is the number one record. Mm-hmm. So the black community has never been homophobic. And I'm saying there's no I'm not saying that there's zero homophobia, but I'm saying it's not an epidemic for the way they're making it seem. The epidemic is the death of black men being killed. And and the epidemic is the black diet. But those are two things we always sidestep. Right. And I think what starts happening is that as black people as this country as a whole are already a minority as it is. And and one thing I say about the LGBT community is like, yo, if you're gay, that that's fine. Live your life and everything, right? Like as long as you're not trying to actively tear down the black, you know, family and everything like that, fine. But then the, what I think the issue came was when black gay people when it they went they went from referring to themselves as a black gay person to a gay black person. Right. And they start putting their orientation before their race. Right. And that created a subgroup within a subgroup. Mm-hmm. And when you start doing that, then it's like, all right, well, you can't just be on the streets. Oh, why aren't you protecting us? Why aren't you marching for us? But at the same time, we're, we're this before we're black. And it's like, ah, right. oh, in the day, yo, like, we black first. Like, I'm black from a man, woman, hotel, whatever you want to call it. Like, you're black. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's part of the un, 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 unconsciously, it's part of the divide that's coming with our community. Because... Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I could say, oh, black life matters, right? And then it'll say, okay, uh, well, does that include black LGBT, LGBT people? I'm like, are you black? Yeah. When your life matters. Why didn't you say anything then? Be- because it should be implied. <laughs> like, and I don't understand that. It's like, yo, with black people in that whole movement, right? It starts from black life matters to them making it, and then white people make all life matters, and they got mad, to making it all black life matters. Like what the fuck? What's the difference between Black Life Matters and all Black Life Matters? <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I'm like I don't understand that. Like no one's ever been able to explain that to me. Like I don't. You you, you divided it up yourself already. Like what? <laughs> like we're already divided. Right, and again, it's just like again, like the vibe within the Black community are many issues, and you know a lot of stuff you know are are rooted in other aspects and everything, and just in general, I think as a whole, we at times will there are a lot of many issues and problems, but we focus on the minute things and. Things like we have to focus on things that affect the collective whole. That's going to affect the the bigger, the greater good of people. Um, and it's like that's why sometimes I feel like you know, especially like Obama and stuff was the president. How he did a lot of things for LGBT community, and everything, right? I was like, cool, that's what's up. All right, people have the rights and everything, cool. But then it's like when at times where it's like pushed upon us, it's like, oh, if you don't support it, you're against it. It's like, well, I could be neutral because it's like for me as a straight black man, how how does you know, fighting for rights to certain LGBT things, how, how does that benefit me? Right. And it's not saying I'm negating that. I'm not saying that those issues don't matter, right? But we fight for things that benefit black people as a whole. It should have a trickle-down effect to all the other, your minorities and subgroups within it. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't go outward. It has to go from inner. It has to go down. So, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing I want people to understand that. Like, Man, I know, I know people in the hood because my family's in the hood. You know, I got a hundred cousins here in New Jersey. You know, I could start a gang war with just my family alone, you know, and I have gay family members and I've interviewed them and asked them about, you know, gay rights. And they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like nobody gay in the hood is oppressed because nobody cares. Right. Because you're in the hood. You're worried about how you want to make money. True. The only people that are upset uh, perturbed are these online personalities who grew up in suburbia 
And the fact of the matter is, you know, what I think it is, is they're unpopular, so they use LGBT as uh, a form of identity to escape whatever issues they're having. Kind of like when an ugly girl becomes goth, mm-hmm. right? So somebody who's depressed, like mm-hmm. back in my day, you know, if a girl wasn't cute, she became goth. Right. You didn't have cute girls become goth. They were all ugly, right? right? Mm-hmm. So it was just a way for people to have some sort of identity because people don't know how to find an identity on their own. Right. And then in order to have power, and I talk about this in my book, in order to have power, you have to have an enemy. And what, what they might not be aware of is, you know, because it's created by another entity, but by making themselves a victim, they can make everybody else the enemy and mm-hmm. say, hey, people are attacking us and homophobia is the enemy, right? Right. So it's just it's just victim narcissism. Right. And, and, and some things, right, it's like... It's kind of like what Dave said in stand up, how, like, sometimes with the LGBT community, right? It's like, in terms of legally, right, there isn't any other, like, law or restriction they, they don't have that a straight person can have, right? Especially, you know, gay marriage has been improved and everything like that. So, it's like the biggest issue is, like, it comes down to really, they just want people to accept them, right? And they just want everybody uh-huh. to say, I agree with your lifestyle. Uh-huh. And the fucked up part is, it's, it's sometimes some people are just always going to be quote unquote homophobic. Some people are just always not going to agree. It's just like how Dave Chappelle said instead of how, like, you know, race, you know, racism, you know, civil rights happened over 60 years ago, but I called nigger and traffic by white women like the other day. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like today. It's like, yeah, black people, yeah, we should, we have all legal rights as a white person and everything like that, you know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, there's some people who are just going to be racist. That's just what it is. Like, I can't, that's always going to be like that. So it's not like, a, I'm not saying I have, like, you can't, like, say, oh, that's wrong, but it's like, that's all you're really fighting for. I mean, there's no, there's nothing else really that you can like. You don't have. It's just a way of saying accept me. Yeah, I mean, it's funny to me because a gay black man has more privilege in oh America God. than a straight black man. Yes. You know, I know people in uh, high places who pretend to be gay because it uh, it affords them more money. Mm-hmm. I know people who get jobs because they're uh, a gay black male. You know, gay black male is less threatening, you know. Um, and, you know, I might get attacked for that statement, but that's just a fact. That's a fact. So, you know, when I look at it, I'm like, y'all are complaining, but I'm like, I'll, I'll switch with y'all right now. said, <laughs> <laughs> I will switch with y'all right now in a heartbeat because you have it easier than me. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me as a black man out here in America. It's so, so hard. Like some days I just want to cry because it's so hard. When I go and I work for these white corporations, you know, and I'm, I'm competing with white young women. I'm competing with people straight out of college and everybody in the office is intimidated by me. And I have locks, too, and I have a deep voice. And, you know, when I speak, uh, I speak with conviction. And the minute I start a job is pretty much I have to start looking for a new one because everybody feels threatened. And then the boss is looking at me, you know, because in marketing, you have to be creative, you know. So when I come up with something creative and an idea that's unorthodox, 
you know, the boss looks at me and, and kind of looks at me like, ah, he's black, he doesn't really know what he's talking about, so we're not going to take his idea into consideration, let's just do the traditional thing, you know? Like, uh, for example, I was working with a company, and, uh, you know, I gave them the execution. I said, here's, 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 here's our content strategy. And one of the pieces of the content strategy was blogging. And um, they eventually let me go. Um, and he said, yeah, the content strategy, we're going to take a different turn. So it was funny because there's two parts to this, right? So one of it was like the Facebook ads. Another one was the blogging. So the Facebook ads, I told him my first story, I said, your Facebook pixels aren't set up to track purchases. And we know about Facebook and their data stuff and all that, right? So I said, it's not tracking purchases. Because it's not tracking purchases, we can't optimize for purchases. And I said this from day one. And then after months and months and months of doing this campaign, they finally said, we have to let you go because the Facebook's not working. But they let me go right when they connected it. And lo and behold, when they connected it, everything started going up. Mm -hmm. Now you look back and now that the same company is hiring a blogger. And I'm like, that's the same exact strategy I told you how to do. But because it came from me, a black male with locks, it wasn't valid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And in, in, in that perspective as well, just deeper level to it, just for like, it's also reverse as well. Just how, you know, how white people can you know, look at a perception of a black man and think of, oh, it's not a valid opinion because it come from it. Same with black people. Subconsciously at times, right, a black person and a white person say the same exact thing. But sometimes when it comes to the black person, oh, oh, that's BS. A white person say it. It's the truth. Right. I mean, you, you, I mean, you look at like any time, you know, hotels, we have any alternative, you know, health facts or anything like that. Oh, hotel conspiracy. Right. Uh-huh. And it's like with Dr. Sebi, especially how like, you know, what I'm saying we're talking about the dieting and everything you could, you know, you could heal. Black people are so skeptical of it. But but if Dr. Oz said the same exact thing, y'all be all over it. <laughs> Man, I told my mom, I said, Ma, the, the food you have in your pantry is poison. We got to get rid of it. She said, no, you, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 right? A year later, she calls me up. She goes, you know what Dr. Oz said? I'm like, what? She said, the food in the, 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 in the pantry is no good. And she started throwing the food out. I'm like, yo, you'll listen to this white man on TV, but you won't listen to your own son. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is the epidemic throughout the entire black community right. where we won't listen to a black face. Mm-hmm. We're, we're subconsciously trained to only trust the white male. Right. When, when I said, I said, yo, chicken causes cancer. I did my own independent research and everybody's like, oh, you sound crazy. Then the WHO organization, World Health Organization, comes out and says chicken causes cancer. And I was like, see, Hotep's been told you. And everybody was just like, oh, I had to put their foot in their mouth. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so frustrating because this information Dr. Sebi put out is from the 80s. You know, when I picked it up, I picked it up in like, you know, 2010, 2011 and started giving it to people and repeating some of the information. And everybody was like ignoring me until what like what the health came out, like mm-hmm. what the health came out. And I'm like, yo, it's the same shit we've been telling y'all and y'all attacked us when we told you this information. But because what the health has white folks in it, y'all took the information. So it's like either y'all hate white supremacy or white supremacy is y'all God. Right. And and sometimes I even see like in the conscious community and stuff, it's like you have a film, like I say, like Hidden Colors that came out, right? That was talking about like religion and spirituality and talking about how like, you know, African... You know, a lot of modern you know, Abrahamic religion and everything, especially like Christianity and stuff, has like roots taken from like African religion, like in Egypt, right? Because, oh, that's a whole type stuff. 
But a movie like The Zeitgeist comes out or something, you know what I'm saying? And then people are like, oh, man, like, you see this here? Did you know it came from this? <laughs> I was like, there's a white person explaining it. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, that 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 was published in the book in the 80s. The, the information in Zeitgeist was, was published, you know, 80s, 70s, 60s. We've had this information. Right. But it was it came from a Hotep author, so it was just, oh, it's just Hotep's, you know, talking black power with pseudo-facts. Right. And... And that's actually the thing. So we kind of transition along kind of to the Hotep aspect and everything, right? And kind of built a Hotep nation. So I guess for me, that's one of like, uh, for people who understand. So I guess for me coming to Hotep and like me and Ali and everything, right? Like how it clicked. So I like maybe like 98% of y'all, like I actually met Ali before. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, so I, again, I said like, I, I first followed you like on YouTube videos and everything. And then uh, back at school at uh, Delaware State, we had a Pan-African club. And uh, a couple of guys, you know, type of hotel, they had uh, invite you out there, you know what I'm saying, to come speak. So I found out, I was like, oh, Ali's like, yeah, Ali's Corey's coming out to speak. as a word. Like, I was, I was hyped for real. I was like, oh, shit, like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I watch all your videos and everything like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of dope shit. So I remember you came, and I was like, all right, like, Ali, like, in person, like, it was real chill. I remember, like, your parents came and stuff, too, just, like, recorded, just to, like, vibe out and watch and everything. I was like, and just, like, you know, just when you spoke and everything, it was real, like, just, you know, one on one, kind of, like, real intimate session, just, like, asking questions it wasn't like talking down or anything like that um just chopping it up and at the end of it you're like you know what i'm saying you gave her your number like yo if you want to hit me up or anything and you're gonna talk it up like boom um remember because like you came here like you didn't actually own money or anything like that or just like it was more like a plate of like a plate of food or some shit <laughs> like that's like what i came for and then just like talk with your parents like you know listen to your parents and stuff and talk with them i was like oh you see oh yeah you see what it gets from like they're, they're type hotel like oh all right bet like <laughs> and you started saying more transparent like before you know there was like on the line people say oh i'll show you he's an agent <laughs> um, and like like all that other stuff and everything and i'm like oh all right bet i, I peep like transparency so from that i'm like all right like you know what i'm saying like bet trust ali ali like is always kept it 100 like so so i guess moving forward you know what i'm saying so so hotel like once you know we start like you start building it up and everything. Um, that's why I was always on board. Come on, I bet. Like I know this is coming from like a, a good place. It's coming from like you know benefit the for the, the black community stuff. So I guess for you, of kind of building Hotep and Hotep Nation and everything like that. Uh, how, how does I guess you for you like you get to the, the platform where is that today? Oh man, um, I think the people gave it to us. <laughs> you know, when the whole Mike Brown situation popped off, you know. I personally wasn't talking about victimhood and white supremacy. I had passed that stage already. I was like, all right, well, here's the solutions. I already know the solutions, you know. Um, when you look at destruction of a black civilization by Chancellor Williams in the back, there's an entire blueprint. Um, so, you know, I started talking solutions. And when I started talking solutions, I was called Hotep. And I'm like, why do people keep calling me Hotep? I'm like, Hotep is a greeting. You know, when right. I, st I study Dr. Kabukamin and I watch his videos on YouTube, you know, he greets everybody Hotep. Mm -hmm. like, and then one day, Feminista Jones, you know, I was trying to have civil discourse with over Twitter. And I said, listen, Queen. She's like, oh, you just called me Queen. You're a Hotep. And then she blocked me. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, yo, I said, Queen. I'm like, you know, that's like me trying to show respect. And you call me Hotep and block me. And I was just like, what? So after a while, I was just like, you know what? Let me just embrace this thing because maybe that's what I am. Maybe I'm just Hotep. So then we, you know, just just, just dropped down and started branding it. You know, um, a couple of moments, you know, I've had my heart broken, you know, because people have called me a scammer. 
And I'm like, I put my own money into this. You know, I didn't ask anybody for any money for anything <laughs> ever. You know, when I did the Dell State with you guys in college, they offered me, they said, hey, we don't have a budget, but we can pay you something. I was like, don't pay me. Just like, you know, maybe some food, some orders and pizza. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm going to be hungry after I finish eating, right? <laughs> so they like cooked me dinner, but I didn't charge them. I went down there for free, you know. Um, I, 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 when they call me a scammer, I'm just, I'm, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> I'm really heartbroken because everything I do, I do for the people, you know, and, and I never asked nobody for anything, man, nothing, you know, all I ask for is honesty and, and that's all I give back is transparency. Like you said, you met my parents, like who going to come outside? Like you never met, you never seen Omar Johnson's parents or right. brother polite parents, right? Mm, like, true. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. like I brought my parents out. You know, so, you know, when it comes to Hotep Nation, it's just all about being genuine, man, you know, um, and, 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 and sharing, sharing the wealth and, and just everybody just building together. It's a mastermind group, you know, and just everybody growing together and figure out how we can work together and how we can create some sort of economic circle, you know? Right. And, and that's one thing I can always attest to with Hotep, like being Hotep Nation was like, like you said, yo, I've. I never like invested like you know what I'm saying like, like zero dollars. I've been asked to put any money or financial backing into this or anything like that. Like so the whole scammer stuff and the whole Congo Hotel Gate, all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I was confused. People like, oh, why aren't you mad? You've been robbed of your money. I'm like, what? What money have I put into this? Where, where, where is it? Where is it coming from? Like, what am I upset about? Like, and it, it's like, again, like Hotel. It's like, yo, everyone brings something to the table. Um, right. Everybody's a producer in some sense, you know what I'm saying? Some creative aspect, whether it's a business, whether you're good with finance, whether you're good with health, uh, whether you're good with you know, philosophy, you know, politics, whatever it may be. Like, everybody kind of brings something to the table. And it's just like, it's, it's group building of just sharing knowledge and information and stuff and just looking out for each other. Um, and that's all it is. That's why, like, for me, that's why it's always been, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, bet, yeah, no temptation. Like, you threw all the, the dark ages into the good time. Like, still here. Um, our core still here. That's a good. That's a lot of people don't realize. Like the whole core hotel has been the same since they got the shit going. Like hasn't hasn't changed. Right. Uh, you know, other people outside here and there come and go, but the core people hotels always stay the same. And that's why you know it's a good thing because it's like all right, bet like the core of us doing our thing. Like bet like we still on the same page. Like and I guess the one thing with hotel people don't realize. You know, I did a little periscope another day, but like you know, just everyone. One biggest thing with hotel is being a free thinker and we don't have your own opinion. And even Hotep Nation, like, we may not always all have the same exact views on everything like that, right? But we respect each other's views. And that's the biggest thing. So it's like, even if we may not agree with it, I'm not ever get triggered and attacked or anything like that, or vice versa. It's always just like we can have civil discourse, you know what I'm saying? And as we're trying to do, keep the trying kind of be like a, bl a blueprint for how we can, you know, build and support within the black community and stuff. Um, so... Obviously, you know, one of the biggest things, Hotep, you know, is not being a victim, you know what I'm saying, not being oppressed in that whole aspect. And I guess, you know, because you, you know about marketing and everything like that and, 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 and promotion and everything. So why do you think people, a lot of people don't realize that, like, like racism and victimhood sells. It, it, it's a very appeasing, monetizing thing. <laughs> and so I guess why, why is that? Um, the way this, this plan is fear-based, man. When you, when you look at marketing, if you go and you type in trigger words, right, list of trigger words in marketing, you know, one of the, 
almost all of them are basically based upon fear, right? So words like ugly, even Nazi is a a marketing trigger word. So humans don't react to positivity for some reason. We only react to negativity. Negativity and fear just, it jolts us. So in marketing, you know, marketing's fear-based. I'll be honest with you. It's all based upon how do you create fear or sense of urgency to make somebody purchase or buy something. When you look at uh, today, it just broke news that the most, that the largest Facebook Black Lives Matter page had 700,000 likes on it, and it was run by a white guy in Australia. Yeah. He made over six figures. <laughs> I saw that, <laughs> you right. know? You know, once you can get inside people's emotions, you can turn that into dollars. And, you know, he was able to prove that with that. Um, It's just the nature of people, man. We've just, our consciousness has fallen so far that the only thing we react to is, is, is negativity. You know, like Killer Mike, you know, Killer Mike, you never hear about Killer Mike. Until it's something bad happens, mm-hmm. until you know it's the thing with Joy Ann Reed or right. the NRA, right. like that you just never hear from them. Right. You know, if you look at the most popular hip hop artist right now in Cardi B, you know she's. I think her energy is positive, but her message is is super negative, and that's the biggest thing right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just negativity wins, man. Right, and you know, and, and fears are very like. Like government, everybody, government controls by fear. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're a fear base, I mean, think about to a deeper level of like religion and stuff like that. A lot of religion is, is backed by the fear if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you go to hell. You know what I'm saying? Like fear is always controlling thing. So kind of transition that just kind of with the whole marketing and be able to control things, right? So recently, you know what I'm saying? Dropped a new book. Saying, just came out, Twitter Marketing, How to Build yeah. a Cult-Like Following. So yeah. what, can, what can you tell people about? What's, what's that about? Oh, I came with the title because everybody called me a cult leader. So, <laughs> I was like, so I was like, you know, let me embrace that. But you know, this is a book I've been working on for a while now. Digital updates so fast, so I had always had to go back and update the book. But I finally released it, um, and uh, it's basically going to show people an overview of marketing from a common sense approach so even if you're not on twitter or if you're not looking to do anything on twitter you just want to start a business so you have a business right now or you want to create a brand you want to be an influencer this book is for you i give up all my secrets i tell my story on how i you know went from zero followers on twitter to you know the forty thousand or whatever i have now and you know how hotep nation went from everybody hated us to now it's like you got to put respect on our name (laughs) you know um but i go through i tell people about uh bots and automation you know we had the election that they say was thrown with bots so i talk about how these bots actually work i I tell you the software that they use um the strategy behind the software um so i give all different types of software um uh, I, I tell you about writing, how to do copywriting. Um, it's 108 pages of just straight my brain from marketing on social media poured into this one book. Dope. Yeah, and I think it's a very important thing because um, anybody can be successful if you use a platform correctly. Like That's why social media and Twitter is such an interesting place. It's like, depending on how you use it, man, you say people... People monetize, you know, daily. You know, make excuse me, a lot of a lot of money, or just you know, just or improving their brand. 
um, and creating that following, which can turn to other you know streams of uh, income and revenue and stuff, um, to just getting your your ideas and opinions out there. And you see, sometimes a good thing, and sometimes you have people who may use it as a negative um, in terms of their their messages and everything like that. Um, they have a big platform, um, but you know, it depends how you use it. So I think it's a very dope thing, especially like you kind of give a lot of knowledge just to the streets for like just you know, what's like, what, how much is that? Eleven dollars, something like that. Eleven dollars. I, I could have charged fifty dollars. I charge eleven dollars, and you can get ten percent off with the coupon code TCAS. Hey, it's lit. Check that John out. You know what I'm saying? Buy the book. Use the coupon code TCAT. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to get that at uh, booksbybrian.com. Booksbybrian, B-R-Y-A-N.com. You can go get that. And that's and I have two more books coming, too. And that's in your uh, your bio, too, right? That's in my bio, at Vibehi, V-I-B-E-H-I. Cool, cool, cool. Definitely, yeah. So, like, like you see, we, we have, in a hotel, everybody's had multiple multiple talents and stuff you see like obviously you just drop your book um obviously we had doe drop his book um black mike, america. mike got it mike got a, a book coming i got a book right uh make sure you check out black america black america inc trillion dollar nation by uh, mr doe deuce a.r martin you know what i'm saying uh-huh. check out amazon um, yeah I, that's a great book he actually sent me a copy of that book before he released it to look it over so you know i threw in my two cents on how you know i thought he could make the book better but I thought that was a great body of work just as Hotep to have, you know, and people say, you know, bad things about Hotep. And I'm like, do you see the work we've put out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, Doe put out, you know, one of the best books for financial literacy for black people. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a positive thing. He could have easily put out a book like, you know, degrading gay people or degrading DeRay and Black Lives Matter. Right. Instead, he chose to put something positive out, you know? Right. Something that people could use. And I thought that was awesome, man. Right. And I think it was, that was very dope, right? So that's why, it's, again, people only want to focus on negative. Um, you know, people don't ever want to see the positive. Like we talked about Killer Mike. Um, and to a little extent, like you know, Donald Trump or something like that. Like, again, people are only going to focus solely on, like, the negative stuff like that. Never going to po- focus on any positive or anything that, you know, it happens. Um, right. And, and that's kind of how it is with people. And, you know what I'm saying? Growing, again, is kind of like a lot of it is, you know, vibrations. And, you know, how you, your name Vibe High. It's like people don't realize, you know, how much we have uh, c- control and dominion over our life. Um, I think a lot of times we have uh, given it to such an exterior force of controlling our life and understanding, no, you are all in one. <laughs> um, so... So Ali, like when I first like you know started like following stuff, you know a lot of it was on some you know African history, you know black spirituality and stuff and everything. And, like real kind of that deep, we was everything. <laughs> uh-huh. So I guess you know I mean, just briefly on it. So you know in today's world, you know in society, religion is a play a big factor, right? And in the black community and everything, um, especially in America, um, you know primarily most people are, are black people are. are or Christians, you know what I mean? Um, you have, you know, some people are Muslim, uh, but, you know, they use Christianity and Islam, but generally most Christianity is the bigger aspect, right? And it's like, you know, no one's ever going to say you're wrong for practicing your religion that you uh, follow or anything like that. But I think at times people will, you know, and so we have this, especially with, you know, Black Panther stuff coming out and there's now connection back to Africa and everything like that. It's like, I don't think we understand the spiritual aspect of African spirituality as a whole. Um and how kind of difference between spirituality and religion. So I guess you know, kind of briefly you could touch on like what is kind of like the aspects of spirituality or black spiritual African spirituality, if you will. 
Yeah, but real quick, you brought up Black Panther. I thought it was funny how everybody turned into hoteps for that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, yo, we've been telling y'all y'all are African and we should get our connection back to Africa, right? And when we wear the dashiki, they're like, oh, hoteps in the dashiki. But as soon as the white man put out a movie, everybody wanted to go grab the dashiki and dress up and be pro-African. I thought that was so funny. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and the movie itself as well, like, there's a lot of, like, mad hotep references and hotep stuff in there as well. Yeah. And it's like, we embraced it. Good movie. Oh, this is dope. This is cool. Outside of that, oh, actually hotep this. <laughs> right, right. Shout out to Ryan Coogler, because I know he, he did his thing to make sure certain R, RBG things were in there. Um, so, you know, shout to him for that. Um, and I, real quick, I guess to piggyback, the transition to this question, one of the biggest things you see in Black Panther, right, is that when they needed guidance and wisdom and knowledge, right, they talked to the ancestors, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. They didn't pray to talk to Jesus or quote-unquote God. It was mm-hmm. to the ancestors that they talked to to get that guidance <laughs> and wisdom and knowledge. And I right. that connection. You see, in Wakanda, there was no Christians in Wakanda. No, I was saying it wasn't, but you, you ain't seen none of them praying to Jesus, stuff like that, the the, the kill killmonger or stopping anything else. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was connected to the ancestors and stuff, we got the answers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you gotta look at the word Christianity and break it down to what it really means, you know, when you say Christ. The the, the term Christ was actually a title. So there was many different people that carried the term that carried the title Christ. But Christ, Crystal, or Christos, these are all different titles. Um, and and I think that when people are Christian, what they do is they, they sidestep. First of all, they say Amen. Right? So when you say Amen, Amen comes from Amenhotep out of Egypt, <laughs> out of ancient Kemet. So I think it's funny that people say, these silly hoteps, but at the end of their prayer, scream out Amen Hotep. <laughs> um, also, when they say, when we talk about spirituality, they, they talk about the Holy Spirit, but do they ever access the Holy Spirit? No, they don't access the spiritual nature of their own being. Um, when, when in Genesis, when, when God is saying that God is in each and every one of us, right? Um, we don't, we don't act that out. We don't, we don't accept that, but it's in your book. I think the problem is, is the problem isn't being Christian. The problem is not knowing your power within Christianity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jesus said, do not worship him and what do we do? We go against the teachings and we worship Jesus Christ. Right. The, the Catholics actually worship Mary, the mother. And Mary, the mother, is Ma'at. When you go into Rome, you'll see a black Mary. They the, they kiss the feet. The Pope kissed the feet mm-hmm. of a black Mary. But Mary is really Ma'at. The, uh, the Ten Commandments come from the 42 negative confessions, right? right. Um, or the 42 laws of Ma'at. Right. So I think it's funny that we don't want to look at the origin of these things and we rather just, you know, stay at the uh, fragmented part of the original spiritual system and not understand that a lot of this stuff is allegory. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when they say the sun, the sun is talking about like the actual sun. Right. You know, the three wise men is talking about the Orion uh, the Orion's belt, and Orion's belt is duplicated by the three pyramids in Giza. So mm-hmm. everything just keeps coming right back to Hotep. <laughs> that's the crazy part, and, and, and that's why it's like people because people just have the stereotype, oh Hotep, this Hotep, that, and it's like y'all don't understand, like yo, everything dead ass come back to Egypt. <laughs> like, right. like that's the crazy part like it really does <laughs> like yeah you know like uh people always say oh y'all just say everything is in egypt everything's egypt and you know the other day i was breaking down Medunetta. so in Medunetta, you have kai and you have ba so mm-hmm. kai is, is the spirit or soul and then ba is the physical body mm-hmm. so you know somebody um said um i said so kabbalah Right, you know, Kabbalah is something that Jews practice. Mm-hmm. So then somebody said, "Oh, Kabbalah is what the Jews practice." And I'm saying, but but I'm like trying to lead them to mm-hmm. show them, like, where, well, where did from. the Jews get, get it from? from? Right. If Ka means soul and Ba means body, where does Kabbalah come from? You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then you know, but but that is an African spiritual science that has been taken out and then used. You know, when you look at the word Jesus, what's Jesus in Spanish? When you have the missionaries that come out and push Christianity in South America, South America speaks what? Spanish. Mm. Spanish comes from Spain, the white men of Spain, right? Mm. Now, if these people are Spanish, what's Jesus in Spanish? Hey, Mm. Zeus, Zeus. right? Mm. So you got Zeus. When you look at the story of Zeus and aligning with Jesus, it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then you take that and you go back a little bit further and you got Osiris or Horus or Heru. <laughs> right? right. When you talk about hermetic philosophy, it's this guy called Hermes, which is Greek, but that's really the god Thoth or T- a.k.a. Tahuti. Right. You see what I'm saying? And when you go and you study hermetic philosophy the master teaches to tell you that's Tahuti mm-hmm. but black people ourselves don't want to accept that they, they're afraid of they're afraid of it for some reason and obviously because of the mainstream media and being made fun of and they don't want to admit that Hoteps has this sacred knowledge you know and it's crazy you know and, and part of it's like because we've been taught to, to hate ourselves and our fear our, our, our knowledge ancestry because like think about example how when we think of a, a, a voodoo right voodoo oftentimes now has been confused with uh, European witchcraft and they have used that as oh I think of voodoo but no to understand voodoo like is one of the practices of the most ancient African spirituality on this earth one of the oldest form of it as well and it's like Especially, I think, when you talk about uh, with black people at a time, you talk about, you know, what, you know, slavery in America and the Bible's involvement and everything. And people at times will say, oh, well, they'll say, oh, no, it was a, it was a different Bible the slaves used um, or, 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 or given to them as if, like, this was some completely different aspect. Or, or the biggest thing is say, oh, no, oh, 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 Africans were Christians first. What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, that's, that's not even remotely the same type of Christianity and stuff that's practiced now. Like, it's like, and... Yeah. We don't, I guess, see the, the bigger picture of stuff. It's like, black people will accept that, like, the white man has altered history in every other fashion, right? Generally, black people understand that, right? That the white man is controlling force and has changed how things have happened. Except when it comes to religion, apparently that's just untouched. <laughs> uh-huh. 
and that's like kind of a quote-unquote much we talk about quote-unquote white supremacy religion is like the final frontier of it <laughs> that was the that was the that was the the the, the, the first the, that was the first trojan horse even islam mm-hmm. you know so uh when you talk about the destruction of africa you know they didn't come with um an army first they came with the missionaries first and the missionaries set up um outposts and what happened was they weren't actually allowed into the land they could stand outside you know so-called borders but really these people were just spies Hmm. you know these that's exactly what they were they were spies they were reporting back to their homeland what was going on there best times to attack and they say you know oh they're having a war they're fighting each other oh this guy is weak come down now right, <laughs> you know? right, right. but but you know it, whether it was islam or christianity so what happened was you know with islam you come down and you'd say um you know with islam you have to be islam first right so when you insert that religion in there you create a division amongst the people so the guy you know wartime comes he goes do i attack my islamic brother or do i attack my um or do i side with my african brother and it creates that confusion and then that's when you have that rift that begins the same thing with christianity they send the missionaries down they introduce the bible there was a recent story where they going into south africa Mm -hmm. now and they're forcing the natives you know for for food for food and water and stuff basic needs basic needs yeah, they said, if you want food and water, you got to believe in this Christian stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not Christian, right? That, that's right. not Christian. If you're Christian, you should just give these people food and water because y'all Christian. Right. <laughs> and they, they say what the people there are practicing is Satanism, but actually what they're doing is Satanism. Right. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the crazy part to it. It's like we have, uh, we, we, we play for religion, and I don't understand people don't get the controlling force to it especially how with, with christianity everything it's not a bash christianity either or anything it's just a historical view of it um how the power of it just like with the church you know the church was was the military the church was more powerful than the military the church says goes uh you know many like we talk about you know we with the greeks and stuff like that with like aristotle and socrates and everything although like you know a lot of them they are students and stuff like that uh, mr schools and kemet regards to the fact the information they taught was not like accepted proudly from the world like now nah, a lot of them got killed and stuff because of it <laughs> like Right. Like church, church shut them down. <laughs> like, right. Um, even to that aspect, and they're white. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So just imagine African history or anything, African spirituality or anything else that was contradicting it. Like, it's 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 a factor. So I guess, you know, as a whole, now people just, as a, it kind of goes with the whole groupthink aspect and kind of piggybacks around to how anything that's contrasting to that groupthink um, that's conflicting to it, it's going to be attacked and it's not going to be accepted. Um, you know, obviously, the you know cognitive dissonance plays a factor into it. Um, but it's fear. It's fear. You know, you don't want to be that one person that you know. If you're in a group of people, right, and everybody believes in one thing, you don't want to be that one person that goes, "Nah, that's not exactly true," because the whole group's going to attack you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that whole hive mind thing that's revolved around fear. Right, and it's just like even like a, a, a lighter level to it. Just like say you. Uh, Say in your class, right? School, something like that, right? In the period, right? And the teacher's like, all right, uh, any more questions and we're done, right? We go home. And it's like, you have another question, but you know damn well everybody's trying to leave or something like that. You're just like, all right, I'm going to say nothing. I guess you want to be attacked and ostracized. You know, like a ladder level. Like, it's it happens every aspect, every day. <laughs> yep. Peer pressure, man. 
peer pressure that people don't realize peer pressure is more than forcing people to do drugs, man. Peer pressure happens in politics and religion and every facet of life through your whole life. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's it's always a big factor in just kind of control and everything. So just kind of overview and everything like that. We'll wrap it up here. Um, just, Real you know, quick, I just want to say one more thing about the religion. Go ahead. Talk, 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 go on. Religion is the, is the game plan. It's the playbook. You know, it's the thing that says, you know, here's what you should eat. This is the time you should wake up. This is how you should treat your woman. You know, those type of things. It's, it's, it's kind of like the rule book. But then spirituality can't be lost, too. And then spirituality is the actual practice of it all. So I don't want people to get that confused and think that they have to dump religion. or religion has a place. But you got to look at it as a playbook. And then spirituality is, you know, defining your higher your higher self and, and, and coming into your spiritual essence. Right. And it's like spirituality is is your connection to to God. Religion is something man-made that you're taught. Right. And Correct. that's how we got to understand it. It's like at times, I think we, historically from a timeline, we look at these certain books, especially Abrahamic religions, right? Uh, these are 2,000 years old. But we have African, document African spirituality that dates back 10 to 100,000 years ago. Uh-huh. And so I guess sometimes it's kind of like naive for us to say that this this book and this information from only two thousand years ago is the only way and the true and the right one. <laughs> right. And it's like, how can you say that? And it's like, for a hundred thousand years, we've had other stuff, and you can we can pull out where everything comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> line it all up. <laughs> right. And it's we we need to understand that. So that's why sometimes I think when they say it's God's word, it's like, well, no, not necessarily. Not someone what someone said. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, when I left religion alone, I was scared. I really thought that to stop believing in the whole Christian faith, that I was going to be struck down and bad was going to happen to me. And every day I had to convince myself that no bad would happen because I found the truth. But, you know, a person won't even listen to you. Because of that fear, because they think, oh, that's devil talk. So if you say some of this stuff, especially to an older person, they not listening. That's devil talk. You know, it's 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 been trained from from early. So it's it's almost an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like, and that's one of the biggest factors just within our. I think the black community as a whole, because now you're from religion to just eat like health and everything as well. It's like. With today's technology and everything and our connectedness to find information and stuff, we have more access to information and knowledge and everything. So because we can, we have access to learn more, when we tell someone older can be with our parents or right that or our grandparents, uncle, aunt, right? We're saying it's like, oh, well, wh- wh- what is this coming from? I never heard this before. This is, this is true. Someone be talking about it. And it's met with so much resistance. Yeah. And it's because, well, no, it's because we just information is available for it to, for it to be here now. Uh-huh. Internet. Mm-hmm. Internet made the information travel so much faster. Right. And it's just like that. We have that, you know, that global interconnectedness now. How, like, news and information can happen, and, you know, something can happen in in, in, in Greece, and I know about it in a second, just on Twitter over here. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? 10, 15 plus years ago, you know, you know, take a little bit before news gets, you know, traveled around and stuff like that. You know what I mean? To take that back, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know what I mean? Like, it would be like, you know, you had the next day on, like, a newspaper or something. Like, and it's crazy how that's happened. That's why you know, everything's so transparent now. And uh, real quick, I was, it was interesting to say, you know, a lot of times, a lot of conspiracies that happen in our country, um, and especially, you know, you know, with 
one of the biggest things people say, you know, 9-11 and stuff like that, um, you know, whether it's inside job and all the aspects to it and stuff. And it's, I was saying that, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know about all those same circumstances could be the exact same way with social media <laughs> if it happened nowadays. Cause, right. Because some stuff have been, you know, people, people are detectives. They will blow up real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, so... It's just kind of crazy on you know, certain how social media really has changed like a whole global scheme of things. Everything. Right. So, but again, it all come back to, again, social media, marketing, promotion, the human mind, it all wraps into one. Uh-huh. So, Ali, again, where can we find your book at again? Uh, booksbybryan.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N. And uh, I got two more coming out, but you know I wanna I wanna drop like twenty, thirty, a hundred books. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I wanna, LeBron. <laughs> say, I wanna just keep putting information out there, you know, because there's a lot of stuff I learned. I turned thirty eight this year. There's a lot of stuff I learned, uh, you know, from experience. You know, I always tell people, I, you know, like a lot of stuff I know I don't talk about. I like to experience it first and then say okay this is this is what it is because i've actually experienced this i think sometimes a lot of people share information just because they got it from somewhere else mm-hmm. and i don't i don't like doing it i feel like it's disingenuous you know so i want to give people information i know i've tried and tested mm-hmm. so after i've tried tested it and and rebuttaled myself and really hacked the information down then i'm gonna share it with the people yeah. right and that's the only way about it, because again, that's why sometimes you see this online with these spiritual gurus and stuff like that, health gurus and relationship gurus and everything like that. They can sell the information and everything, but they haven't themselves actually tested out, done it, and lived that life. And right. it's like, oh, that's, you know, it's kind of like false, falsehood almost. It's like, all right, you can hear it, but if you don't practice it or know it, then doesn't that apply to it? Mm-hmm. Dope, dope. Big facts, big facts, man. And the discount code is TCAT, you know, 10% off the book for anybody who wants to go ahead and purchase the uh, Twitter marketing book. Check it out. Yeah, when, I, uh, we put, when the podcast drops, we'll make sure we have the link on that as well so you guys can check it out and everything. Uh, Ali, where, anything else you want people to follow you on or anything? Um, HotepNation.com. <laughs> make sure y'all come subscribe. Um, check out the articles we have there, you know, buy some merchandise we have shirts hoodies we have some hats coming um support the nation man you support the nation we'll take care of the people i promise you right that's the biggest thing man we all we got you know what i'm saying hotep nation hotep gang again anybody can be hotep doesn't matter who you are what you come by you know what i'm saying just like be yourself <laughs> right that's the biggest thing dope man well again appreciate you coming on here today man definitely very insightful very dope interview you know what i'm saying I appreciate you having me. Thank you, man. No doubt, man. Until next time, as usual, everybody, make sure you stay tuned, stay hip, stay connected.